Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hey guys, I'm Sai and welcome to Ace Podcast Nation, the home of the Danny Batten Fight Show. And as you will see to my left, Danny Batten is looking 20 years younger, he's grown hair and uh, he's uh, looking very different. Now Danny is uh, still travelling back from Fight Island, so uh, I'm very happy to welcome Cage Warriors featherweight Mr Ben Ellis back to fill in for the, for the legend himself. How are you Ben, you alright buddy? I made very good. Thank you, Sam, for having me on. No, it's all good, mate. I appreciate you coming on and, and filling the shoes of the the guru. But um, loads to talk about, mate. Too, may as well get straight uh, straight back into it. Um, a couple of stories to touch on. As two proud Welshmen, it seems we should start with a friend of yours, friend of the show, uh, two division cage warriors champion Mason Jones signed with the UFC. I think um, that was like the worst kept secret. Going like everyone knew he was going there, didn't they? But he was just waiting for it, waiting for it. Yeah, I know you yeah, know him very yeah. well. Uh, like obviously, yeah, what do you think of it, and how do you think he'll do? Uh, well, like you said, it wasn't really a surprise to anyone. Two weight world champion, Cage Warriors, the only one since McGregor. It was he was going to go, wasn't he? Um, oh, yeah. But in terms of how he's going to do, I think, I think yeah, I think he's going to do awesome. In all fairness to him, uh, I think the old stereotype of um, MMA is for Brazilians and Americans is hmm. long gone. Now we've seen enough champions from plenty of different countries, and yeah, hopefully he can he can get right to the top pretty quick. Yeah, that um, we were just talking now before we come on air, like some of the divisions in the UFC, some of them are so stacked, it's unbelievable, and. Um, I talked about the, the bantamweight division, but even that, um, like the lightweight division, which I'm assuming Mason will go into, 
is um, you know it's so stacked, like all the way. Even when you get outside the like the top fifteen, it's just an insane amount of killer guys. Like this top, just top level guys everywhere. Which when you, I guess when you get to the UFC, that's what it is, isn't it? It's just every division's like it. Yeah. But when you've got yeah. like your ranked fifteen is like Donald Cerrone and ranked thirteen is Gregor Gillespie, then you know it's going to be you know every fight's going to be tough, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Like you say, I mean, there's probably ten to fifteen guys outside of the top fifteen who skill wise could easily be in there on a different day. And oh, yeah. in the future, so yeah, nice. No, uh, to be fair, and they've they've got an absolute mountain of talent in pretty much every division. To be fair, but lightweight probably is the most. He, oh yeah, and I mean another Welshman, Jack Shaw's just had. Um, they just announced again, not a very good, particularly kept secret that um, he's fighting. I think in October. I think I remember off the top of my head is October the twenty seventh. I think, um, but you know he that bantamweight division again is just it's just crazy like how deep it is like we looked at that in detail a few weeks ago and like you got like, you can get like the unofficial rankings of like the top 50 oh yeah so yeah. i know ufc only does like the top 15 i think don't they but mm. you can get like unofficial ones and we were looking at them and the names mate outside of that top 15 were just ludicrous yeah like you were just talking like i think there was a couple of former champions in there and killer it's just um it's surprising i gotta say how deep their divisions are but i think that's why they're also able to cut guys if they're not doing it because their divisions are so deep yeah that's it, it they they definitely control the vast majority of the supply so now that you mention it though it surprises me that they don't do rankings all the way through for all of their guys yeah i think it would be better wouldn't it do yeah I mean? like if you yeah. could uh, kind of have like all of them what do you think I mean every fighter in there is going to have at least a few thousand followers and then if it's one more thing to draw their attention to like rankings then why wouldn't you and it wouldn't even be that much work it's not as if they spend a great a great deal of effort on the rankings at the minute is it half time it doesn't make any sense anyway no but people do people do look at it yeah, I I look at the rankings like every week mm. on the show. We'll have a little look and see who we can match, who we'd match up guys with next and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about um, another Welshman, third Welshman of it in a couple of minutes, and John Phillips in a minute when we get onto the fights from last night. But um, I do wonder whether his next fight will be in the UFC. Unfortunately. Um, I think the thing which he's got on his side is that he's very entertaining to watch. So if you put him against the right type of striker, you know, you'll get a good fight, if nothing else. So, you know, I, I just hope... He won't be short of options anyway, though, because no, he won't. there's so much stuff you can do. Like, even if you went, like, bare-knuckle boxing, that was yeah. BKFC or whatever. Like, I think he'd do really well in that. Like, when you look yeah. at all his finishes and cage warriors and before UFC and early UFC, it all, he, he had some cracking fights, like. Yeah, I am, I've never trained with John, but the boys who have will say literally no one on earth hits like him. Yeah, Like, he's, Tyron, he's ridiculous. Some of the boys were talking to the SPG boys mm. uh, when we were in, Bellator, um, in Dublin for Bellator, and they said the same thing. So he just hits like an absolute train. 
but there's such a there's such a clear route on how to beat him. I feel like even if even if they put him in there now with a guy who's ninety nine percent striking, he'd probably wrestle John. Like it's just yeah, dead like, deep put in there. Yeah, we'll go to the fight now, like but I thought like I just expected a bit of a strike fest and it didn't obviously didn't go that way. Mm. Um I I was looking for the fight which who Jack Shaw was fighting. Seventh of November he's fighting um Taha. Don't know much about him. Do you know anything yeah. about him? Um, he fought Nad. Um, he fought Nad a featherweight. This might be his first fight, first fight at bantamweight. All oh, right, okay. Um, I know he's, he's only recently gone down, so it's either his first or maybe his second. He's all right. He's not. He's not bad. He's not. Um, he's not an assassin. I think Jack will handle him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing him him fight again. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's, um, so, it's gonna it's gonna take someone really good to give Jack a fight. In all fairness to him, yeah, he's looked quite dominant, haven't he? Um, yeah, he really has. The, the UFC so far, particularly yeah. even in Cage Warriors, like when we were in lockdown, me and Danny were looking back at it, all the old UFC cards, and then each someone asked us to look at like the rise of Jack Shaw and look at all his Cage Warriors fights, and I yeah. think we only got like I know five in or something, but like. I think there was in those first five or maybe six, there was one fight which went like outside of the first round. Yeah, the rest yeah. of them were just over as soon as he got his hands on him. Um, and you know, there's, there's a reason why he's so highly rated. But as we've seen recently at Cage Warriors and we've seen last night, sometimes being highly rated don't always result in continuous victories. Yeah. Um, it's it's fighting at the end of the day as you know as you know better than me and it just it's whoever performs on the night at the highest standard is going to be the one who pulls off those victories. Yeah, to his to his credit though, I feel like he's he's built this style in a way that's designed to win. Yeah, like doesn't take a lot of risks on the feet. He's tight with his guard. His wrestling for me, obviously, his wrestling is outstanding. He gets to the back. Like I think he's built this style where unless somebody is going to be an unbelievable wrestler and be able to put him on his ass. I feel like with his striking and his pressure, it's going to take somebody to basically knock him out to beat him. Yeah, um, I think... Which, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a brilliant style in terms of the likelihood of you winning. Yeah, 100%. I think, like, people underrate his striking as well. Like, mm. I see sometimes, I see, like, people in comment sections on social media and stuff, and they'll be giving it, like, oh, he, can't strike or he can't this but I think people don't give him enough credit for his all round game like he's not just a wrestler um, so I'd be, I'd be really interested to see how he goes next particularly this this next 12 months I think could be massive massive for him yeah I think so you know, you know what people are like is them trying to think of an example off the top of my head of somebody who like technically does a lot wrong striking but because he's wild may get a few knockouts they won't have anything to say about that guy striking but then no. somebody like Jack who, to his credit, is really technical the way he strikes, and it's because he's not swinging and putting people out on the feet. They criticise it, so yeah, I doubt that. I doubt he takes any notice to that because I think, if, and to his credit, the way he strikes is is really good. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, right, let's get into the the fights from last night. Um, we'll kind of we'll fly through the prelims and then we'll go to the the main card. Um, I mean. In terms of the prelims, the main two fights I want to focus on really was um, uh, 
Said no, oh, I can never bloody say the name. Uh, yeah, that one versus Max uh, Mark Strigel. Um, what did you make of this one? Because I thought it was a bit weird. Like the 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 hook, which the, he fin- he he takes him down with like a counter left. Uh, Said does, and it didn't look like a, like a massive shot. He just looked as if the uh, Strigel was off balance. And then all of a sudden, he kind of followed it up. You know, to be in fairness to him, he followed it up well. Mm. But it didn't. That initial strike didn't look like something like that rocked him. No. Yeah, I'd, I'd be really interested to know how much weight he cut for that because I know the guys who've cut a lot of weight in the past and been sparked because of it. I've always said it was just one of those things where they get tapped with something and their whole equilibrium would go. Yeah, um, and it just seemed seemed to be like that to me. Like I say, it didn't look like a hard shot. I know it was on, on the side of his face, but it wasn't like he was clean on the whiskers. Um, but yet still, he was clearly hurt, and then that was all she wrote. So yeah, I think maybe it was something to do with that, just as a guess. Yeah, I, I, like, it was just strange, because it just looked like he'd, he'd caught him off balance more than caught him with like a clean you know clean shot, which was going to spark him out. And you know he, felt, he followed it up, and he didn't, uh, didn't give him a chance, and he finished it. Um, yeah. The other fight on prelims, which I was kind of focused on, was John Phillips fought uh, Yun Young Park, um, which went three rounds. Um, it was quite one-sided, though, in the way the fight ended up going. It was 30-25, 30-25, I felt a bit frustrated for John Phillips because he wasn't able to kind of implement what he would have wanted to do with the fight, and Park just kept taking him you know, into the clinch and taking him down and broke records with the amount of strikes that he got off. And I mean, I saw someone on social media, I think it was MMA Wales, um, they put up a post about John Phillips and that. But they basically said, like, uh, not many guys would take that many strikes and still be going. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he, you know, he deserves tremendous credit for that. But I thought Park, in terms of a game plan, it was the perfect game plan for someone like John Phillips, I think, and Yeah. Yeah, like you say, I mean, I think regardless of who you are and what your skill set is, if you're fighting John, the, the plan is going to be to do that. I mean, he struggled, like, with wrestling, right? You know, and people just, they don't even particularly try to finish him from the back. They'll just lay on top of him, one hook in, and just just tap away. I mean, he's, he's tapped his nails, he can take it, but the guys on top could probably do that all day if they had to. Um, yes, yes, it was, and he's not learning as well. That's that's the problem. Is like we've seen yeah, the last couple of fights now have been the same thing, haven't they? Um, yeah. I know Jemayev finished it, but like it was the same game plan basically, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, do you think John Phillips will get another fight in the UFC, or do you think we're more likely to see him elsewhere? No, I, I think elsewhere. Just historically, you look at some of the names that have been cut. I think what what is John? I think he's maybe. One and five, one and four. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, what well, either or. Um, I mean, we've seen guys cut on two and two, one and two, sometimes even with a with an equal record, maybe whatever, and and they're out. Um, and I know, I know, people will like feed the narrative of he's entertaining. He definitely is, but if you take like the fact that we're Welsh and we obviously want him to do well aside when he's fought in the UFC, he spent a lot more time just getting beat up from the bottom than he has hurting people on the feet. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. That's it, and like you say, like 
from a Welsh point of view, I'd much rather you know I'd rather him stay there and and go and have like a you know go on a win streak. But ultimately, um, I think he's lost three on the bounce now, maybe even more than that. Yeah. Um, I think there's um let me say um let me say off camera there's such a career potential for him in bare knuckle though. Oh, do you know when I read that and I think again it'd be like credit to MMA Wales I think it was them they put up like a big post just talking about like John Phillips because I think people have been criticising him and they you know they pointed to some of his victories in Cage Warriors and his early days in like Bama and stuff and then um, they said like BKFC would be perfect for him yeah it really he's, would he's got so much power like and he'd, he'd be so entertaining because mm. He'd still be looking for those knockouts, like even though it's a different sport as such, he'd yeah. still be look still fight the same way. You'd think, wouldn't he? Yeah, and I say it's not as if it's not as if he's all power. I mean, he's a tough, tough guy as well. I mean, oh, thinking about the knockout he had um, in the UFC, the one he had early on in the fight, the guy clipped him clean early on, and he just didn't even acknowledge it and just absolutely buried him. And that pretty much is bare knuckle boxing. It's really hard to block. Yeah. There's no gloves, um, and again, you can only you can only slip so many shots. So pretty much, you land, I land, and then you definitely don't want to play in that game with him. Yeah, I mean, one of my favourite fights, um, which he'd been in in the UFC, was him versus Marshman, and mm. that was like an awesome fight. That was, but like, I just I remember. Out... Oh, I don't know. I can't remember, but I think yeah. I, I, off memory. I think I had it slightly different to what the judges had it, but I, I can't yeah, remember. They give it to Marshall, didn't they? But I'd be fair, I, yeah. I thought John won that. I mean, if the striking was, I don't know, say 55 45% in favour of Marshman, he probably was landing a little bit more on the back foot. Mm. 100% of the pressure was coming from John. Yeah. So I'm like, well, if the striking is somewhat equal, that's supposed to be when cage control comes into it. And the cage control was 100% to John. Plus he, yeah. plus he knocked him down. So, yeah, I was a bit confused by that. Yeah, not the first time there was a being, like, confused by some judging yeah. uh, decisions and stuff. But, like, I was just looking there and he beat um, Amdivoski in September 2019 via KO in, like, 17 seconds. Yeah, yeah that was And then he lost... And then he's lost. He lost to Chmaev, and then obviously Park last night. Um, and then before that, he had lost to Marshman and Holland, and Bird. So he was on a three lose, three fight losing streak. Then he won, and then he lost another two. So he's yeah. like one and five. So like you say, going on as much as I would like him, you know, to not. I don't. You know, I don't want to see him get cut. I think when you look at the historically what the UFC do, it's difficult to see how they keep him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a lot of there's a lot of fighters who are very entertaining in the, at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of fighters who end, uh, you know, will go hell for leather with strikes and stuff. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was. Was there anything else on the prelims which kind of caught your eye, mate? Oh. Um... I forget the guy you fought, but you know Gamrot, the one who headlined headline the prelims. Oh yeah, uh, Guron Kutuladze versus uh, Mateus Gamrod. Oh yes, that was a fight and a half. This is bonkers, mate. That was. 
20, yeah, 20 split decision, 29, 28, 28, 29, 29, 28 to uh, Kutalades. Mm. You liked that one, mate, did you? Uh, I just I just thought it was incredibly high level for two UFC um, debutants. It just shows the amount of skill outside the UFC. I mean, I know those guys to their credit, like they're at the very top of other promotions, but it's not as if like they're really dating their MMA career. No. But, and yeah. Like, the other thing as well, such high level. The other thing as well is like, it's their UFC debuts, but because, like, people don't outside of like the UFC, people don't know who they were, mm. and then you see them pull off a fight like that, which, like you say, was like technically just so good, and yeah. you wonder, you know, what other talent is out there which people don't even like people like. Like myself who watch a lot of MMA, like I wonder like how much of it because I, I like I watch the UFC and then I watch Cage Warriors and Bellator and like maybe some European stuff. And I wonder then how much is out there over in America and and Brazil and all these places where I don't watch any kind of stuff which is under the UFC. Yeah, I tell you what, another one is guys who don't even compete. Like it's a it's a bit of a cliche in combat sports, and like every gym will have one guy who's maybe competed once or not at all. But when it comes to sparring, put him in with anyone, even guys who are full-time. Yeah. And he, he runs rings around them. There's a, there's a guy at Henzo Gracie's, and this is jiu-jitsu, it's not MMA. But I forget what his job is. They did say, anyway, he's got a full-time job, and he rocks up in the evening, and they put him on the mat with anyone. Like Gordon and Nicky, Brian, Gary, Tony, and apparently he does well. Yeah. But again, enough. no one knows who he is outside that gym. No. But yeah, I'm sure Danny said there's someone like that at BST. Who yeah, they, they, try, and, they try and get him to like do, um, you know, to commit to it full time or whatever, and he's not interested at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was I enjoyed that fight. It was uh, one of my favourites actually on the card. I think to watch. Um, the main card opened with a good one as well, mind, which was um, Thomas Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez. What did uh, what did you make of that one? Again, similar to um, similar to the Gamrot fight, just really, really high level from a pair of them. For Almeida looked good at featherweight, like a phantom. He just, you know, he had that that gaunt, skinny look to him. He looked like yeah. he starved himself for a month. Looked rough. Yeah, extremely. So I think he got he got wobbled a fair few times. Well, even in fights that he won. Mm. But fair play, Martinez clipped him a fair bit, and he he looked so much more durable. Um, yeah, he never really looked in trouble, did he, in this fight? So, like, yeah, when yeah. you compare that to the previous couple. Yeah, considering he was in there with as well, because Martinez is a beast. Yeah. Um, and he was hitting him hard, and like you say, he just looked so much more doable. But, um, again, it was, like, a very, very high-level fight, but it was one where Martinez was always just slightly ahead. Mm. Did you give um, all three rounds to Martinez? Uh, yeah, I think I did. Na- granted, narrowly. Like thirty-seven, um, thirty-twenty-seven sounds like a white yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was like every round was close, but I could never really justify giving it giving one twelve meter. Yeah, they, you I I had the three, yeah, and, and like you say, they were they were close, but ultimately it was like there wasn't enough in any of them to give it to Martinez. Yeah, um, uh, give it to Almeida, but um. I was really impressed with both guys. I got to be honest. I thought um, Almeida looked looked solid, like, but um, I really like 
watching Martinez. There's just something about him. He's got like this, um, like everything he does looks smooth, and it's just when you got yeah. guys like that who can do a bit of everything as well. Like, like he, yeah, he goes to the it. ground. He look, he looks comfortable wherever the fight goes. Mm. And I always think like if you've got that, then you've got a good chance, haven't you? Yeah, it's like the old saying, and like the the really good ones make it look easy. Mm. And he, he says, never looks stressed, does he? Do no, you know I mean? he does. Like you never see him like, you never see him like really grunting, like snarling. It's all just, it's all just slick. Comes natural to him, like so. It'd be interested to see what where they go next with um, Martinez. Is he ranked? I don't think he is. Is he? No, I don't think he is either. I may, I may be wrong though. Um. Well, but you think Almeida look better in uh, was it Bantamweight? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I mean obviously there's there's exceptions, but the whole thing about cutting drastic weight is kind of going out of the sport a little bit now. Well, there's um, fate like everyone who's like when you look back over the last couple of years, or even the like say the last ten years, and some of those guys who've cut weight and they've come out and they look terrible. Like, even when McGregor cut all that weight, do you remember how rough he looked? Yeah. He looked, he looked like a crackhead. Like, yeah, we rewatched them. Um, I forget, it was, um, we rewatched the um, Dennis Siva fight not so long ago. Mm. And again, you don't recognize him. It's like, again, I mean, I think modern day rehydration is so good now that even if someone cut in, I don't know, 20 pounds on fight week, that's not too bad. It's the, it's the amount of weight you're losing in the camp. Yeah. Like, you're asking someone to train the way we train. And then it's like, oh, and by the way, you've got to lose, I don't know, 10 to 15 pounds. It's like, well, no no wonder you're going to look, you're going to look really gaunt and fragile. I was watching it with my missus last night. I say watching it with her. I was watching and she was trying to distract me. But um, she was talking about, um, oh, I forget the guy's name. Uh, the one who fought against Nurmagomedov in the first fight. And he oh, was so... Yeah, he's so shredded, but she just says, like, look, he just, I don't know, he looks fragile. Looks ill, like. Mm. But then it's, it's, it's weird to say because he's so shredded, but yeah, it makes a lot of sense given, given the way he went down. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's like, whenever I ask, if I have, we ever ask for questions, like, of people, we always, always will have questions about weight cuts and why do fighters cut weight and why don't they, you know, why don't they just fight to the weight they are and. Mm. But it, ultimately, it's to get an advantage, isn't it? It's, yeah. Things it's gone the other way now, isn't it? It's gone to the point now where everyone does it just so they're not at a disadvantage. It, well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's not you even to get an advantage. It's just not to be the one. Because uh, I've done that in the past where there was a confusion over it was same day weigh-in or day before. So yeah. we thought it was same day weigh-in and it wasn't. It was a day before weigh-in. And when it came to fight night, we were not the same size at all. I still won, but... Like when we square off, it was like, oh god, he's big. Oh yeah. Um, I was going to ask you actually, just before we move on to the next one. Um, obviously you were due to fight at the re most recent Cage Warriors um show. Obviously, me and you have spoken about it, but like just for the for the folks, um, obviously that must have been frustrating for you to be all ready and have gone through the camp and raring yeah. to go. Yeah. It, um... But it was it was twelve weeks of dieting, twelve weeks of training, twelve weeks of dieting. I I don't cheat on my diet at all. I don't. I literally won't do anything that's not planned. Um. So yeah, for twelve weeks of that, and then we were traveling up on the two day. 
got to got to Newport because we had to stop off with my um, my nutrition coach just to get some supplements for the rehydration. Yeah. So I just ran in. My brother was waiting in the car, and then he came in. And I was like, "What's he? What's he coming in for?" And he just went, "Oh, mate, you're not gonna like this." No. And then that that was that. Then, um, so we had a choice. We literally we could have turned around and gone home, or go up make weight and fingers crossed somebody test positive for COVID or something happens with someone. So like I say when you train for twelve weeks, you're not you're gonna you're gonna wanna see it through. And then just the way the way that it lay, the only pull outs were either lightweight or or um, bantam weight. Yeah. But again at, at that point nobody at Bantam weight wanted to take a fight there. Nobody at Featherweight wanted to go up and right rightfully so you can't be messing around that no. late. Um so yeah that was that was that but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit pissed off about that because by all accounts, the reason that it didn't happen was just because they didn't read his hit, um, him or his team or both. They didn't read the rules correctly when it came to COVID. So they wanted people to come up later in the week to, to be with him. And then they didn't realize that because of the COVID stuff, you have to be there the whole week. Yeah. Um, so as far as I'm aware, the choice was go up on your own or don't go, and he didn't go. What? Um, again, there's two sides to every story, so I won't, I won't condemn. Yeah, don't want to completely but, bury him, but mm, that's but like, yeah. When uh, when we found out, my I I was kind of gobsmacked, uh, and my coach Wayne Samways turned around and literally just said, "Look, if it was a choice between if Ben had that choice, he'd be going up one hundred percent." But like you would, if you've just spent twelve weeks training, why would you sacrifice that fight just because someone can't travel with you? Like, yeah, no matter who it is, do you know what I mean? Even if it's like your closest, closest confidant who's been at every fight and is you like your biggest influence, even if it was that person, you'd still go do the fight and kind of I don't know do it in their honor or whatever you want to say. Yeah, but you don't uh, not yeah, go uh, like you. Do you know what I mean? A lot of people don't realize how much contact there is behind the scenes. Cause you know, it's like you watch, you watch two guys fight on TV, and you assume that they're not around each other at all. Whereas yeah. the reality of it is, you're staying in the same hotel. Like yeah, you bump into each other, you have meetings, and when you're in well, meetings, we seen that with Oban and uh, what's his head. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cruiser. yeah. But funny, funny, you should mention that because um, Figlak, he was he was only with his brother. Yeah, they they went up on their own, and then because they know Dave Matthews from Lions Den, he so it was like that's that was the exact point. Like the odds of you going to a show like that and knowing somebody, yeah, that, that would jump in is is really high. Um, and even if somebody had messaged me saying, "Look, he hasn't got a corner," so we both go with no corners. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" To be honest, if you don't know it by fight night, you're fucked anyway. Yeah. So yeah, disappointing, mate. I gotta say, like I was disappointed, and no, you know, it's you. nothing to do with me. Like obviously, I'd spoke, I'd been interviewing fighters in the build-up to that event, including yourself, and mm. we'd had you on this show. So like, I knew how up for it you were, and I was up for it. I was well up for like watching all the Welsh boys fight and stuff. And then it was just like, oh, it's off. So. Yeah, no, thank you. It is a shame. I'm, 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 I don't have nerd anything from Cage Warriors in terms of opponents yet. I'm pretty sure I'll be on in December. Um, yeah, there's I, another one now, yeah. another trilogy, isn't there? Yeah, in that's December. it. In, in London this time. So the location doesn't matter so much now without a crowd, but they said I'm going to be on that. They're just trying to fix the name. I don't know whether it'll be Crawford again or somebody else. 
It really doesn't matter. I feel like I'm going to smash so many of them anyway. It really doesn't matter to me who it is. Just put me in there with someone. I've had three cancelled fights now in 2020. Yeah, he might not want to fight you now, though, because he's pissed you off a bit. So he might. No, like, I was, was going to stop him anyway. So it makes no difference. But yeah. I'm champion because uh, see, I'm good friends with Mason. Mason is now 10 and 0, two time champion. And if, yeah. it been, if it hadn't been for pulled out fights this year, I'd be 5 and 0. Yeah. So it's still half of what he is, but I'm even worse now. So yeah. he gets to take yeah. the piss out of me. Well, hopefully December, mate. Yeah, that's the plan. Um, so next up, we had uh, Claudio Silva versus uh, James Krause uh, with James Krause defeating Claudio Silva by unanimous decision, 30-27 times three. Um, I have only seen the first round of this one. Uh, this oh, you've one seen the whole fight then? No, I haven't. Is it? This is pretty yeah, much the same all the way yeah, through. Yeah, if you've seen the first, you've seen it all, yeah. What did um, you make of this one? It, um, to be fair, even me saying that might be a bit generous to Silva because I know he partially got to his back in the first and he didn't for the rest of it. Just, yeah, just just poor from Silva. He had, he had one route to try and win. Mm. And that, that's that's not enough. And it hasn't been enough for a while now in the UFC. Um, and again, like I mean, I'm not sure what them, I'm not sure how good Silva is in pure jiu-jitsu. But everyone knows jujitsu now. It's like so for that to be your route of victory, you're gonna have to be like Damian Meyer level. Like it reminded me of like when um, when Cone Gracie fought uh, Cub Swanson. Mm. And again the whole thing was about getting a takedown and I, I can't remember who was commenting. But they even said they were like, Look, these guys have had a jujitsu match and Chrome won by two points. So like the whole narrative of oh yeah, if Chrome gets this takedown, his job done. Yeah. Is miles from the truth. Yeah. And again, MMA grappling is different again. And MMA experience, sorry, MMA grappling experience with Krause has done shared load of that. So what what made him think that's enough? I, I don't know. And he was in shit shape as well. Um, yeah, he didn't look the best shape, did he? Um, yeah. I mean, it's not a bodybuilding competition, but he's carrying excess fat. And I'm like, well, how hard are you carrying that shit? So. Yeah, you got to be prepared, have you, like physically mm -hmm. and mentally? Whether yeah. he was or not, I don't know. Like his record is um, it's really impressive. Like on paper, like he's yeah. um, he said he lost twice. One of them was his first fight, and he lost because of a, an illegal elbow, which oh, you can okay. kind of excuse in like your first fight. But I was yeah. back in two thousand and seven, and then he lost. He uh, so uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six. That was his sixth fight in the UFC. Uh, it's bizarre, but he's done all right then. Yeah, he beat um, who's he beaten? He, so he beat Leon Edwards by decision, split decision. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was in uh, Brazil, mm. and that was his welterweight debut. And he's had like he's had performances of the night. He's um, he had a catchweight fight on the Covington Lawler card, but I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Like, he just didn't. He just didn't look. From the little, like, like I said, I didn't catch all of the fights. I caught like the first round and a little bit of the second round, but not much. He um, he just didn't look, didn't look sharp. Like, didn't look sharp at no, all. No. Whereas James Krause, like, I don't think necessarily James Krause is like a world beater necessarily, but he looked, um, he looked switched on. He looked focused. He looked prepared. Yeah, it was weird because I mean, um, Silver was landing a decent amount, mm. just from 
fits semi faking a takedown and lunging with like an overhand. Mm. So like you say, Kraus by no means was razor sharp himself, but he's just picking him apart. Um, yeah, yeah he's just was... wait, waiting for it when he like those counter shots and stuff and mm. um, the Kraus kept just hitting him with those like counter rights as he was um, as yeah, Silva was swinging in. Like, he was just picking yeah. him off like um, in that first round and like you say, if he carried on like that. Um, but yeah, um, I, I was surprised when I've just looked at Claudio Silva's record, how good it is. Yeah, to compared to that fight, to that. Like, I wasn't expecting that. So, it's, I'm I'm have to go and watch some of his stuff now to see how he got. Because Leon Edwards in particular, like I mean, I can't, Leon remember, Edwards, I can't really remember the fight. Yeah, he really is, and like I know Usman got um, got Edwards down okay, but we rewatched that maybe like a month ago, maybe less, and it was it was a lot less one sided than what I remember from watching it live. Hmm. Like yeah, he, he struggled to keep him down and get him down. So if Silverman is there, yeah, just you have to rewatch that. Yeah, that calls for some uh, some rewatches. Uh, next up was uh, Jim Crute versus Modestus Bukowskis, uh, which is obviously Danny's fighter. Um, did not go to plan. Uh, like we spoke about off air, like Modestus is so highly rated by anyone you speak to from particularly like the European MMA scene, but even the guys who I know like in Canada and America, they've all heard of him. They all, you know, they all know of him. Um, he just, he never, was never able to implement his plan. Um, and, you know, I th- I do feel like Jimmy Crute was a little bit, um, he felt like he'd been a bit disrespected in the build-up. Like everyone was talking about Modestus this, Modestus that. And, you know, I was talking about Modestus because I know him and I know Danny and I kind of, you're obviously going to talk about what you know more. But, like, judging by some of Jimmy Crute's comments after the fight, I think he felt like he was a bit disrespected. Uh, obviously, you know, he's in the top 15 now, basically. He was mm. ranked 16th before this. Um, and it kind of sort of started off, it was a bit uh, tentative. And then crew to hit some leg kicks, but they weren't like um, so brutal that they were gonna, you know, they were chopping him down. Like they were just nice leg kicks. And then he got um, Modestus against the cage, and he just, uh, I think he kneed him in the groin. Mm. Fight was stopped briefly, and then when they came back, um, Modestus was trying to. You could see he was trying to keep his distance to nail like a big kick. You could see the way he was trying to set it up. And as he went for that big sort of kick to the midriff of Crute, he just caught him, boom, with a, I think it was a right counter-right or a right, right, yeah, like a right hook. Yeah. And he, as he stumbled back, Modestus, he kind of twisted as well so that when he kind of, when Crute followed it up, Modestus was almost not looking, if that makes sense, because he had... Yeah. Sort of yeah, twisted around, didn't he? Yeah. Um, and he caught him again, and I think he hit him. So he hit him with a big shot. Then he twisted, and then he hit him another two times, and the ref jumped in. Um, Modestus did look. To, he like kind of looked at the ref as if to say, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, I, I, I'm all right. But when you get it with three massive shots like that, like they were real big, clean shots, most referees are going to stop it there because he's yeah, on the deck so as well. Yeah. But. You know, Modestus is 
good enough to come back from it. It's a, that was a massive fight for him, a big step up in quality as well. Yeah, from what he's yeah. fought previously, like like when you compare Jimmy Crute to the guy he fought on the first Fight Island card, it's like night and day. Um, yeah, yeah, it really is. But what did you make of this one, mate? Just while I have a quick look or something. Um, yeah, to be fair, say Jimmy Crute, I thought. I think Dan Hardy commented on it. It just looked like he, he planted his feet and any time Modesto so much as twitched, he was going to try and meet fire with fire. Yeah. Um, and it was just one of those situations where his hands were a little bit quicker than Modesto's feet. Um, I mean, we've, we've seen that go wrong so many times. Like someone tries to meet a kick yeah. um, and, and it doesn't, the kick lands. But in fairness to him, he was, he was honed in. Uh, and like you say, in terms of the finish, right? When some when someone spins, so they're facing the wrong way, they eat another one, and then they go down. Like it, yeah. most reps are going to stop by then, no matter yeah. how with it you are. And you know, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like I was desperately wanting Modestus to win. Like yeah. you know, there was I'm no, I wasn't being like uh, impartial for the podcast. Like I wanted <laughs> Modestus to win. Yeah, um, I consider him a friend. Like and I was gutted, but. I can, you know, most referees would have stopped it at that point. And like, I just look at now. So the guy he fought on the first fight um, island was Andreas Mikeladis, who's a, a Greek Greek fighter. And then when you compare his record, like he's got a decent record around Europe and that, mm. but like he was making his UFC debut at that on the Qatar versus Aig card uh, against Modestus. When you consider that fight, so they were both making their debut on the prelims to then, yeah. what was this, third fight from the top yeah. on the main card against the top, basically a top 15 fighter. That's a massive jump up. Yeah, and I just wonder where they're... Well the UFC, isn't he? Say again? Crude's had a few in the UFC now, hasn't he? Yeah, God, Jimmy. Uh, and I, I just wonder whether they could have given... Um, look, and look, I know that... Um, you know, I know Modestus, he just wants to fight the mm. top guys like, and prove himself, which, you know, all fighters do, don't they? Like, at the end yeah. of the day, like, if Cage Warriors or UFC offered you, like, a feather, top three featherweight uh, or someone yeah. who's ranked, like, 20th, you're going to take the top three yeah, because you want to stamp yourself on the division, don't you? Yeah. But it's just one of those things. Um, so Jimmy Crew is... He's twelve and one, um, career-wise. He's had what UFC now. Uh, so he he had a fight on the Contender series, mm. which he won versus Chris, Chris Birchley. If you count that as UFC, I suppose. But his official UFC debut, he played. Uh, he played. He fought Paul Craig, then he fought Sam Alvey, then he lost to Misha Shirkinov via submission. Mm. Um, but that was ages ago as well. That was on the. Cowboy versus Gaethje card in 2019. Oh shit! So, yeah, like, it was a while. He's been around a while. Like uh, then he fought Michel um which he won, and then he's you know. So he fought the last time he fought before this was on Felder versus Hooker, um, back in February of this year. So I yeah, mean, he's it's been in the UFC a while, but like. And that's what I mean. He's experienced as well as being like a top fifteen guy. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, I'm talking in hindsight, like, and talking as someone who was, you know, supporting Modestus and that. Um, yeah. Like you say, I mean, it's four fights in the UFC plus a fair bit of time in the UFC. Like, 
with that time, you don't know how much like he's leaned on the UFC. Um, the, well, the, the fight like, placement, yeah, 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 the apex and that. Yeah, like there's all this stuff he can he can use to aid his training, like even like financially. Yeah. Although we know the UFC guys aren't getting paid what they should be, it's enough where generally you can supplement your training the way you want to. Like it's all advantages. And then yeah, especially if you're based in America, I think as well, isn't it? If you're yeah, based exactly. in America, you've got an advantage because you've got like the Apex Center and yeah. all the teams which are up, you know based in America as well. But yeah. you know, I'm um, I'm excited to see what comes next for both fighters because I know like Modestus will want to fight today, like to to make up for it. Yeah, and you know Jimmy Crute's on a bit of a bit of a roll, so it'll be interesting. But uh, next up was the ladies. Uh, Number one ranked Caitlin Shkagian versus the number two ranked strawweight, which was Jessica Andrade. Um, now, you tell me as a fighter because when um, towards the end of the first round, actually literally right at the end, um, Shkagian got a she took a big like uh, rabbit punch, almost hook like into the ribs, mm. and she like jumped back, grabbed her midsection made like a big thing of it i thought i was watching wrestling for a minute <laughs> like just by the not and i don't mean that necessarily disrespectfully disrespectfully to chikagian it's just you don't see fighters react to that obviously very often like they no, try and hide don't. it wouldn't they because yeah. they don't want to put a target on it yeah and it didn't take andrade long she was like all right <laughs> flying knee yeah. and the only the only thing i can think is i think body shots are different like although the shot didn't look hard Sometimes it hasn't got to hit you hard in the stomach. No, but just the right like, space. Yeah, like, I don't think it's, there's no one tougher than Jeremy Stevens and, like, when Aldo caught him to the body. And you can just see it on his face how much pain he's in. Yeah. Um, you don't see it very often, though, do you? Like, no, fighters react right. like a... Yeah, like you say, you can get, like, punched in the face, elbowed in the face, kicked, uh, kicked in the knee, whatever. You can generally somewhat hide it unless there's, like, accumulation. But sometimes one body shot on the button... And yeah, it shuts you off. I wonder if she um, if she broke a rib or something because it was it was a decent shot like in the any mm. corner like right in under the ribs, um, and quite, then Andrade it was quite square, wasn't it? From it? Yeah, and yeah, Andrade, yeah. Um, she you know, she really capitalised on it. Like you see in the moment in the replay, you see the moment she notices, and she just runs it out with like a flying yeah, knee, yeah, and then hits it with a couple of shots. And then, you know, it's game over. And, like, she, as soon as she, I felt like as soon as she held her ribs and backed away the way she did, like, that was yeah. kind of it. Like, it was, you know, it was game over then, wasn't it? Yeah, um, to be fair, in terms of being vicious for a female Andrade, up there, top five in any female in MMA, and she... Yeah, yep. yeah, there's not many uh, more vicious than that with that. And, like, I think that was, that was a big result for her because, obviously... She fights a strawweight, um, and she's the number two ranked fighter in the strawweight, and then she fought um, Chikagian, who was the top flyweight. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just she's very impressive. Yeah, uh, she is. And she's a powerhouse. Um, yeah, she's just say five five one as well. She's always given up range. Mm. She's um, she's so small, and she. Yeah. But but she fights, she fights a bit like Daniel Cormier, doesn't she? Just. She's in there throwing hooks. She's pummeling underhooks. She's driving people to the cage. She's um, she, she's a hand fight. 
for memory, the only one who's really outclassed her a bit is Joanna. Yeah, back when <laughs> Joanna was doing stuff. Mm, yeah, I think but... that's let's say Andrade's looking to wrestle like body lock and clinch, and Joanna with her Muay Thai is just framing and elbowing, knee in and then spinning off. Yeah, she's constantly making her reset. But yeah, she's she's a handful. Fair play to her. Jack and um, they'll rematch her against uh, Zhang Wiley Wiley for the strawway title. Um, I don't know. Could... Yeah, maybe. Um, trying to think if anyone else at strawweight really. Rose, uh, yeah. no Eunice, maybe. But... Yeah, I mean Rose's fight with them. Um, Andrade is a weird one. Like Rose was doing so well, but just Andrade just always seems to be able to hurt him. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, is that uh, Zhang Wiley? I think I should really enjoy watching her fight. Like she's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, she um, might. She. I'd like. I would. Who did she fight? Um, and she lost. It was like a cross. Was it Nunes? No. Who did she fight? Una Wiley. Yeah, it, it was her last fight uh, against. Oh, it was Joanna, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. That was a, a awesome fight. Like, yeah, yeah, it really was. I mean, if they remake that, everyone's tuning in. No question. Um, I, I gotta be honest. She's um, she is my favorite female to watch. Jang uh, is, but like, it was a, someone tweeted the other day and said like, oh, I'd rather watch Cyborg than any other female fighter, and I was like. Oh, mate, yeah, just, like you're missing so many ago, yeah. good fighters. Um, like we've been treated. Twenty twenty has been a shit year for many reasons, but like female MMA in the UFC has been absolutely insane. Like the um, so many good fights and that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> right. Next up is the main event. Brian Ortega finally back in the cage after his uh, knee injury. Uh, rank number two versus number four, a Korean Zombie. I was really looking forward to this fight. It really was. And um, yeah, did it disappoint? Um, I think the Zombie disappointed a bit. Um, yeah, I and thought he, he was a bit underwhelming. Yeah, credit to Ortega. He was he was winning from the first second pretty much to the last. So the if something was going to change, it wasn't on him to do it. Yeah. It's on the guy who's losing. And again, I think, like, I don't know. I mean, I thought Ortega looked awesome, but he's just where I think he's learned is he's he's faking takedowns, he's grabbing the leg. I mean, he, he only finished one takedown, but he was constantly grabbing his leg or tapping his leg. And everyone's going to be respectful of that because of his jiu jitsu. And we saw how much that opened up his, his striking. Um, I mean, for memory, with Max Holloway, I don't think he shot on him once. It's like yeah. with, with some of these guys who are legit strikers, and the zombies obviously a legit striker. You've got to, you've got to MMA fight them. You've got to make them think about everything. Um, and in credit to him, he did it. And then before you know it, then it's like the whole um, Khabib on McGregor thing. You're making him think about a, a takedown, and then whack, you've you've eaten one right across the chops. And that spinning elbow. Yeah, that uh, that was slick. In all fairness what to about him. that. Yeah, credit to him. I mean, the zombies having a hard time with elbows at the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rodriguez and there, but yeah, yeah, that was uh, insane. That Rodriguez, well. but even that last night was beautiful. Like it was just so smooth. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I was disappointed with Korean Zombie a bit because I was really looking forward to this fight. Um, and I, but I thought it was good to see Brian Ortega back because, let's be honest, when he fought Holloway, he took an absolute pace then. Yeah, like, physically, mentally, just everything. Like, it was brutal to watch. Yeah. Great, you know, exciting fight to watch and stuff. But, um, like, I saw Ortega say, like, he still hasn't, you know, he wants to fight Holloway and rematch him and stuff. But that, man, that fight particularly was quite brutal to watch but yeah um, i thought I he was well, excellent would, last night i would be interested to see it i'm um, interested to see it if if ortega was fighting him in a way where it was threatening him on all levels yeah you you don't you don't want to have a boxing match with Holloway. like it's not a good idea like he's super long he's super fit and he's super sharp but if you can if you can make him guess on let fight on level changes then all of a sudden it gets interesting really quick hmm um, so yeah, no, I wouldn't mind. I think they're gonna they're gonna give him the Volkanovski fight now, aren't they? Um, or take yeah, like... yeah, that'd be a good fight though. Yeah, really it will. Good fight, like, he, Again. Um... oh sorry, go on. No, I was just gonna say like, quite often, like even in that Holloway fight, he would like almost try and walk through um, Holloway striking to try mm. and get to the takedown or to strike with him. He would try and walk through it, and he was just getting smashed up like yeah whereas in this one like you said it, the feints were there he was timing his takedowns nicely and just everything was everything again like we talked about earlier about um like uh what was it it was martinez wasn't it about how, how comfortable he looked and how smooth mm -hmm. and just everything was coming naturally naturally to him i thought ortega looked like that i really thought he looked not just back to his best but I think he looked like he'd added a few tricks to his uh, tricks yeah. to his game, like, and he just looked yeah. a lot slicker. Like, you know, we know his jujitsu is out of this world. Yeah, scary, scary good. But I thought his, you know, his striking looked good, yeah, it's, and it, everything looked pretty good, like, with him. Mm. Um, Korean Zombie, you know, I guess it is what it is. I suppose. Like, it's, it's interesting, but like the more the more technical you strike in the better the zombie will be with you. Mm. Like we've seen him counter um counter jabs with his right hand so many times in like different ways. But sometimes it's just someone with a weird style. Like I would say Ortega has a weird style. Um Yeah, he's like, unique, isn't he? Yeah, like herky jerky with his movements plus the thread of his grappling. And then before you know it, the zombie's getting cracked. But I think in terms of a technical stand up fight, the only guy I can recall out striking him is Aldo. Like and that's primal though as well. Like, yeah, it probably no, is, isn't it? Yeah, there's no denying how, how technically it is. And sometimes it just takes a weird style to unravel that. Um. Oh yes, but, but again, uh, yeah, say but... if, if he's not when he's not winning the striking battle, and then someone like me is saying he needs to do something to change it. It's not easy to do that on Ortega because you're not gonna want to take Ortega down. No. But again, maybe that's when you do it. That's when you do. Um, fake the level, changes back to him, grab his leg. Grab his leg, lift it up, let it go. As he's bringing his leg down to the floor, you smack him. Like, it's as, sim as simple as that. And that's very much what Ortega was doing to him. Like I said, I think, and for memory, he only finished one takedown himself. And that's when, that's after he clipped the zombie. Um, yeah, I mean, i got to say, like, it's fascinating listening to you, like, because I was going to ask you, like, what could Korean zombie have done different? Like, because I felt like he was kind of just, 
doing the same stuff. Like he wasn't changing it up at all. Yeah. Um, whereas, and like you said, like we said with Ortega, he was fainting takedowns. He was going in, coming out. His striking was good. And he, like you say, he's got that weird style. But I felt like Korean Zombie didn't adjust. Yeah, like in all at, five at all. rounds, he kept yeah. making the same mistakes, or not even necessarily mistakes, but like he wasn't adjusting his game plan because of what Ortega was doing. And I think like you had to do that after the third round. Yeah, just having three rounds of the same thing, it was like, yeah, come on. I am. Um, I think that more than anything else is like the indicator between a good fighter and a great fighter, uh, somebody who will literally turn the fight on its head and like but not not only that but do it uh with enough time to change the result of the fight like the best example of it is like henry cejudo like he's in a five round fight against morais and then in the second round he's walking him down yeah yeah it's like just, just instantly as soon as it's not going well it's like right i'm gonna win i'm gonna win and i'm gonna do what i have to do to win like there's so many times where we see guys lose two rounds and then they mix it up in the third and do really well. And it's like, well, mate, you've left yourself in a borderline. too late, spot. like. Yeah, it's like, well, if you, even if you 10 8 them, you're going to draw. So you've got you've to stop them. And it's not easy to stop these guys. Like, um, Bisping, to be fair, is really good for him. Um, really good with this, where, like, if someone is clearly losing 10 9, it gets to 2 minutes 30 seconds of the second round. Sorry, it's not Bisping, it's DC. So he thinks of it from like a wrestling mindset. It's like, well, we are now at the halfway point. So you need to win the second half of this fight in the same manner you just lost it just to get a draw. Yeah. Uh, and it's, hey, it makes it makes so much sense. But so Fascinating many fights, yeah, they're not able to change it. But then, like, sometimes I think, like, I ask Danny this all the time, obviously, as a coach, like, is that down to the coaches to say, right, we need to change it up, you know, do something different? Or is it down to the fighter to, you know, have the the fight IQ to be able to say, right, this is not working. I'm losing this fight. I need to do something different. Maybe a combination of both. But for, for me, it's 100% down to the fighter. I think you're the one in the cage. You're the one fighting. Yeah. Um, I think where your coach's responsibility is, you know, in the, well, all, all year round in the training room, it's like, look, if I'm trying to achieve X, Y, Z, how are we going to go about it? That's that's your coach's responsibility to teach you. Well, one second, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to jump into the next room until about to, my throat's about to die. Um, yeah, I think so. In the training camp, that's your coach's responsibility to give you the knowledge and the weapons. But yeah. in the in the fight itself, that's that's on you. Um, I think the only time it potentially becomes the corner's responsibility is when they're telling you it's all good when it's not. Um, like, oh God, I think, I'm pretty sure that happened on on Saturday. Um, yeah, the zombie. Yeah, mm. I think after round two, his corner was telling him to keep doing what he was doing. It was either it was either the Ortega fight. Or it was in a fight I was watching of him in the week where they were telling him it was okay. It was the Aldo fight when yeah. he fought Aldo after round two. They said, oh, it's going well. Keep doing what you're doing. I think Brian Stan was commentating and he's just like, what What the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, like it's, it's a lie. Like, and it does not, I, like, I, I'm, you know, I understand wanting to, to keep your fighters morale up and, you know, boost them, whatever, boost confidence, whatever. 
But if you're telling them, like, stuff that's not going to help them, there's pointless you being there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, first and foremost, by telling him that, he could think, like, I'm two rounds up when he's probably two rounds down. Um, mm. And also, it's not going well. Like, Yeah. I think it's well. Maybe, like, you start to doubt your own perception of what's going on. Because yeah. it's, it's happened to me, like, particularly, like, in, in the more tough fights. You, you lose track of what's going on. Mm. So, like, when your coach comes in and you trust what your coach is saying, it can, like, bring you back. Not not to reality, but bring you back to the moment a little bit where you get your bearings. Whereas if someone comes in and he's just telling you something and you're like, oh, fuck, that's, that's not what I thought was happening. Yeah. And then you start to second guess yourself. Well, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess if you were yeah, like, yeah. Uh, God, this is going terrible. This is going terrible. This like in your head, you're thinking, I got to change it up. Got to change it up. You get to your corner, and they're like, "Oh yeah, great, wicked. This is the best fight you've ever done. Well done. Keep doing what you're doing." It's like, yeah, you're gonna. That's gonna be in your head, then, isn't it? Because you're I gonna... tell you what, um, my coach and I have got a great moment on this because, say, touch word, like all my fights have gone pretty well so far. I've only lost one round, and on the round that I lost on the way back to the corner, I literally remember thinking to myself, like, fuck me, you just lost that round. Like, first one you've lost. And then, obviously, I was pissed off. And when I got to the corner, Lou Long was just laughing at me. He goes, oh, nice to see you in a fight for once. <laughs> and it just literally just brought everything back to reality and it's just calm. And you just think to yourself, like, well, there's no way I'm losing this fight. Yeah. Whereas, like, see, I see a lot of guys, they're either telling you you're doing fine, which you know you're not, so that's no good. No. Or they're a little bit, oh, mate, yeah, you can do this, like acting like a cheerleader. And again, you don't really need a cheerleader. You no, just need no. someone. Technical to... advice or whatever. Yeah, calm you down. Again, calmly. And yeah. then a little bit of technical advice. You just drop water and get on with it. Yeah. Tell you what, tell you what they, like, I can imagine, like, sometimes in a frenetic fight, like, the fighters going to obviously focus so much on defending, attacking, whatever it may be, that... The, the 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 coaches might they might spot something which you don't as a fighter mm. it's so obviously um, they might see a difference so you want that advice then you? you want that technical insight or whatever but what you yeah. don't need yeah you don't need a cheerleader do you it's no crazy. I tell you what, it's a nasty thing to say but I feel like with the, these corners as well a lot of them are there trying to basically promote themselves like trying to corner in a way which is like slightly different or gets a bit of attention on them like is that yeah and fair play i mean the commentators are going to commentate so if it is different they're going to mention it and when they mention it everyone then looks oh who's the corner there yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, see, I see a lot of that and i i, I don't like it uh, i'll have to keep an eye on that yeah i mean you'll, you'll see they they say or do stuff which is weird and you're like well why are you saying that like we're going again obviously it's not everyone but no i know um yeah. All right, just to finish this off, mate, because I know you've got to go. Um, just going to do some quick predictions of next week's ridiculous card, um, <laughs> and and this is with some fights have been called off this card as well, which is mad. Yeah. They're still this good. Um, on the prelims, we got Umar. No, you can say it. Uh, uh, Umar Umar off. Um, he's out. He's out, is he? He's out. He got staff. Ugh, right, I'm okay, so we'll upset. Because I was looking forward to watching him. So is he related? Is Umar related to Khabib? He is. Uh, yeah, his cousin. Cousin. But Saeed is not related to them. No. Right. Um, but his brother yeah. signed for Bellator, didn't he? Oh, no, that's his cousin as well. That's, oh, um, right, okay. that's a guy called uh, Usman. But um, I've been watching Usman and um, 
Umar for a while and they're good. It's yeah, weird. Say, they, I've seen a bit of Umar. He looks good. Oh, mate. And again, they, they don't they don't really fight like Habib at all. I mean, they they can obviously, they got good grappling, good wrestling, but they don't fight like him and Sias. They both got, they both got quite a good tie set. I listened to, um, I listened to Mike Strick's podcast right, um, yeah. from AKA and he's, he's had them all on, obviously, because he's fighting. And, um, they they started a freestyle wrestling like when they were seven or eight, but then from twelve onwards they were doing Muay Thai, and then they went back to freestyle wrestling and kind of did a bit of both, yeah. and then combat sambo to MMA. I mean they're they're both in there throwing question mark kicks, spinning back kicks. Nice. They, um, yeah, I gutted that fight off. That was one of the fights I was really looking forward to like the most. So you, yeah, just, ru- you just ruined my night, man. <laughs> oh man, I was so upset. <laughs> I texted my brother just for crying faces. Oh, I, I am genuinely gutted by that now. Yeah. Um, so we got Nathaniel Woods fighting Casey Kenny. Casey mm. Kenny's been out for a while. Nathaniel Wood needs a win. Which way do you see this one going? Uh, I think Kenny. I want Nathaniel to win because obviously the UK base and stuff, but that Kenny's good. He's really good. It's a big fight for Nathaniel Wood, isn't it? Um, yeah, it it's, is. that's on. It's on the early prelims, which I'm kind of surprised at because... Um, you know, Casey Kenny's a good fighter. Um, mm-hmm. Which shows us that the card. Is, yeah, man. yeah, that's it. But that's a that'd be a cracking fight, I gotta say. Um, I yeah, I hope Nathaniel Woods. You know, I want him to win, but I. Casey, like you say, Casey Kenny is very, very good. Um, then on the other prelims, we got uh, Alex Oliveira versus uh, Rachman Rachmanov. I don't know much about Rachmanov. But I always no, enjoy. Right, to be honest, I like Alex Oliveira though to watch. So he's always entertaining. So yeah, he's I'm a handful of me. Yeah, he is a handful. He's really good. He's just stupid. He makes he bad always, decisions, doesn't he? All the time. I'm like, how? How? Can it's like every fight, he makes a stupid decision and yeah. gets finished. Yeah, tapped out or knocked yeah. out. I I don't understand how he does it. Even with like rule breaks, he's doing something which gets him in trouble. Yeah. He's um, it's like it's like he gets like a rush of blood, isn't it? And just yeah. has like a brain fart and just does something stupid. Yeah. Um, and then the main fight of the prelims, Stefan Struve versus Tai Tuivasa, and a, and a heavyweight bout that's going to be over in about a minute. I don't, I just yeah. can't decide who's going to win. Yeah, I think again, if if, if Struve stands with him, Tuivasa's big and Murray, he's hard as nails. Yeah. He's going to take whatever you give him and. And throw pretty heavy stuff back. It's just, yeah, it's grappling lets him down. But yeah, I think one way or another, I think flip a coin. Probably, yeah, it's almost like Tuivasa. I tell you why, because Struve's so tall. But like punching up, whatever does land is going to land right on the chin. Yeah, on the button. Isn't it? I think mm. I almost feel like if um, Struve like stands and bangs with. Ty Tuivasa, I feel like Ty that plays into Ty Tuivasa's hands. Yeah. Especially if he lets it get in the pocket, and like you say, because the height difference, he's just gonna everything's gonna land heavy on the chin. But yeah. I think if Stefan Struve, Stefan Struve's got a bit of a decent, not world class, but like he's had, you know, he's got decent wrestling. Yeah. And I wonder whether he may go that route with it. But um, yeah, be interesting to watch so. Yeah, because he's not he's not particularly wrestling heavy though, is he? I can't. No, 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 no yeah. But he's he's like capable of it. He's he, yeah. yeah, he's basic like. But mm. um, I'm not gonna go through all the fights on the main card. There's too many. But like um, one fight I'm looking forward to is uh, Mahmed Ankalov versus uh, Kutalaba. 
I think that's going to be a really good fight. Yeah. Um, Who do you fancy for that one? Uh, the Russian, I can't say his name, but... And Kalov. That's the one. I just think a little bit cleaner, a little bit more range. Um, and Kutala, but again, he's weird, and he? he does some weird stuff. Yeah. Like, I know um, the last fight go stop, but it's like, well, what was he doing? <clears throat> I am, um, I like Ankelov. I really enjoyed his last fight, so I think I'd take him. Um, mm. And uh, I think a, a sleeper on this card will be uh, Cynthia Calvillo versus Lauren Murphy. Um, they're ranked like yeah. th- three and four in the flyweight division. I think they're going to be the women of, um, like I just said, done really well in 2020. They put on some absolute classics. Yeah. I think this might be a bit of a sleeper. Mm. I think probably like in Lauren, I think. Mm. Like I know Cynthia's got good jits, she does. But it's like. It's lack of cool, dis- isn't it? Yeah, lack of discipline, missing weight and stuff. Um, yeah. To be fair, I think whoever wins has got the worst of it because they're getting closer to Valentina. <laughs> yeah, this like. Is that really a, a benefit? Yeah, no, know. it's really not at the minute. Um, Islam uh, Makacheyov versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Oh, that's all far. Diego COVID. <sighs> I know, mate. It's breaking my heart as well. <laughs> all these, all the fights I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, Volkov versus Walt Harris. Now that's going to be a good fight, heavyweight. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest. All the heavyweights are going to hate me. I don't really watch heavyweights unless they're top five, top six, because find it sloppy. Technically not that great though, are they? Yeah, really. and it's like, like mm. I don't actually like, want, want to tell the heavyweights that to their faces. Like, but... Yeah, me neither to be fair. I probably should keep my mouth shut. But I'm a featherweight, so I'm fast. They can catch me in here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The, the ones that are high level, like beauty to watch, but some of them, it's just like, Yeah, well, they're like the lower ranked ones. Are just, yeah. So like, even in the UFC, it's like, you're not, you're not a martial artist. Like I don't, I don't see that skill level from you. And then I, I struggle to watch then. Yeah, sometimes it just feels like two big guys like leaning on each other. Yeah. Just, they get gassed out in a couple of couple of minutes and it's not always entertaining. But then you yeah. do get some great like three-minute bangers like where they just go hell for leather. Yeah. And go for it. Do you think Volkov will take that or do you go Harris? To be honest, I'd be guessing. I haven't seen enough of them to, yeah. to know. No. Uh, co-main event Robert Whittaker versus Jared Kanane Kanane Whittaker I think take down the fence yeah I think think he's good I think but he's so hard to keep down Kanane won't be able to do too much with that I think he'll just be a little bit cleaner striking yeah I like Kanane but I think Robert Whittaker's just like a step up from from him like yeah. in terms of just all-round quality. Um, so i got to go with Wicker. And then the main event, Gaethje versus Khabib. Who's uh, your money on? Uh, I think Khabib. I think Khabib will choke him rear naked. Um, just, yeah, I think everyone gets... I, I'm a massive Justin Gaethje fan, like absolutely massive. Um, but, so good, did he? Yeah, but there's such a big difference between MMA wrestling and even folk style wrestling. Folk style wrestling is so much more um, applicable to MMA than freestyle. But it's, it's not the same thing. Like, we've seen guys take down Gaethje. Yeah, he's, he's been taken down quite a few times. Mm. Like his, um, his takedown defense is um, 80%. It's like, it's not that high. Yeah. Um, 
the credit to him where he is exceptional is getting up because that's basically just folk style. Um, but Habib's the best at riding people from the back, and I think he's just gonna break him down. When Gaethje lifts his hips, he'll just jump the back. So obviously, Gaethje's an NCAA champion, and he um, yeah. previously. What what's the difference between the two styles? Yeah, I'm not I'm not an expert, but the main the main difference is in freestyle. If you get taken down, they'll go barely down to do with the point system. And then if they can stay barely down for long enough, they get stood back up. But folk-style wrestling, it awards riding points. So people get really good at, if they're on all fours, standing up. And then likewise, then they get good at keeping people on all fours. Um, So yeah, that's, that's, to be honest, for that specific area, that's why it's better for MMA. Like pretty much all of my stuff for MMA in terms of ground and pound has come from folk-style wrestling. But again, MMA wrestling and wrestling wrestling are very different. I'm sure. Different. Yeah, and I get the. I might be wrong, but I get the impression that when Gaethje spars, he spars like he like he fights. Yeah. As in, like, just you're not taking me down. And I'm going to strike with you. And then his wrestling sessions is wrestling, like bent over at the waist. Yeah. yeah. Whereas all of the beeps, well, say his his ground is um, when he's grappling, when he's sparring, it's basically the same as MMA. Like he's gonna use that same type of stuff, that same type of style. So if you compare the minutes, mm. he's got a lot more practice doing the position that they're gonna be in in the cage, in my opinion. Um, the calf kicks make me nervous though. I just think, well, to shoot you gotta step forward, and when you step, he will blast your calf. Yeah. Uh, Do you think Gaze G is his biggest challenge yet? Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought he was going to smoke Ferguson. That could be, I mean, um, I think, again, he won't have too much trouble taking him down. And it's... So, you know, you just said that. Gaethje is... Because, um, like, people, a lot of people have made a lot of, like, oh, Gaethje can, you know, he can match him for wrestling. Mm. But Gaethje's wrestling, um, like, in terms of being taken down and that, is not that great, is it? No, in in the UFC, it's it's 80%. Um and again, in his in his last fight with um, PFL, I forget the guy's name, but again, he, he got him down. When he got him down, Gaethje went to all fours like he would in folk style. You go to all fours to stand up. Yeah. And then the guy was on his back. I mean, credit to Gaethje, he didn't get tapped. But but he got there. And then like it seems as if everyone's wrestling, um, everyone's referencing his re- his college wrestling career. Mm. But it's like, well, there is. There is a decent amount of information we've seen in his MMA fights. Yeah, of course. It's just you got you got to. Go. I mean, again, it's like it's snippets though. Yeah. Like you're talking like for it, like I say, a 15 minute fight. There might be say five seconds from this fight, ten seconds from that fight. And then when you piece it together, I think um, that's that's kind of where I ended up. But then the flip side of that is you had a wrestling match with Jordan Burroughs, who's like right at the top of the wrestling game. Jordan Burroughs had a nightmare taking him down. But Again, they were bent over at the waist. That's so different to MMA. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it, to see how it goes. Like I mm. saw uh, earlier today, there was an interview with Khabib saying it, once he's beaten Gaethje, he wants to fight Michael Chandler, but only if Chandler beats... Um, oh, what's his name? I can never bloody pronounce it. Islam 
Oh, uh, his, God, his yeah. training partner, Islam Makachayev. Yeah. Um, like, I know Danny's a massive, massive uh, for Michael Chandler, and he said, like he said, he'd like to see the Khabib fight between the two. Um, oh. But i got to be honest, I think Khabib's probably only got two more fights left before he retires, and yeah. one of them was obviously Saturday. I'm not sure if I'd want to see his last fight be Chandler. against Michael Chandler. Like, I yeah. don't know. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, it's a real one. It's like we're, we're all selfish. Like, we'd all have him fighting for the next 10 years, no problem. Yeah, of course. So, he's going to have to pull the plug somewhere. I think, if anyone, it's probably got to be Ferguson. Yeah, got to got to get that fight done, haven't they? Yeah. Just for the sake of, like, get it flipping done. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like, as much as he destroyed Conor McGregor, I, I, I've said from the day after when we did the show, from after the Khabib Conor fight, if you could guarantee me a focused and mo- motivated Conor McGregor at the top of his game versus Khabib, then I would like to see that fight to see how Conor does. Simply mm. because I felt like Conor McGregor didn't prepare very well for it, and I think he also was so focused in on Khabib's wrestling mm. that he didn't do what had got him to the dance leg. Like. He didn't yeah. do the stuff that had got him where he was and yeah I, 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 I see what you're saying I just I, I don't think I, I don't necessarily think Connor would win yeah I maybe just, just would like to see it yeah like see I, if I, it I made like a difference too yeah I would like to see it too I just I think if they fight a hundred times Habib's yeah. winning 85 yeah I think maybe so. maybe 80 maybe 90 whatever but he's winning the overwhelming percentage just because they've they've built their styles that way where like Connor's looking to hurt you really badly with strikes whereas we just say it's just such a risk-free way of fighting yeah take you down ride you from on top and then just break you the shit into you yeah and then it just so turns out that he's kind of built his punching style around faking a takedown hmm. and it's it's a it's horrendous i mean i think in mma i'm not a massive conor mcgregor fan but pure mma striking he's up there with the best we've ever seen like, and yeah, I think people, people forget, don't they? Yeah, people have forgotten, like, how, like, on his way up, how good his striking was, like, his, particularly his counter striking. Yeah. Um, like, he was finishing guys left and right, wasn't he? Um, yeah. And I think sometimes people forget that and they kind of write him off as, like, oh, he's a bit of a flash in the pan. And he has, and I saw some guy on Twitter the other day say he's never fought anyone. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, he smoked Jose Aldo in like ten seconds. Yeah, and, and I and and in the comments, same thread of comments, someone was saying like, yeah, but you can't judge that fight because because Aldo was out in ten seconds. So like, how can you say like that was because McGregor was good? And I was like, well, yeah, he timed the shot. He knew he was coming. He co and like it was almost poetic because he wound him up in the pre in the build up to the fight so much that Aldo did like he fell into his plan like he he went and did something that he wouldn't have normally done yeah and he got caught like but you've got to give him credit for that you can't take that away and say oh it was only 10 seconds so yeah say so people love to do it don't they like if if you're if you're a dominant striker you apparently can't grapple um and vice versa and whoever you fight 
there'll always be somebody else and the people that you beat even if they were good there's a reason why you should be them yeah they're like they're, oh, they're getting old or the but yeah that's how we go so uh, that's our predictions for next week um so yeah mate keep us informed on your uh on your fight in december yeah, hopefully you'll uh you'll get some news through soon and that and um you know you're always welcome back on mate have a good yeah, chat no, thank you mate looking forward to it but uh yeah subscribe youtube.com slash ace podcast nation follow uh ben on twitter at ben ellis mma and uh give us a subscribe and a follow and whatnot and uh, we'll be back next wednesday for another episode of the danny button fight show cheers guys cheers mate bye Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.